Hi everyone, this is NBC10 Boston's Countdown to Decision 2022, where we are breaking down the biggest political news leading up to election day. We're just a week away now. I'm your host, Mary Marcos, and I'm here with our in-house experts, Allison King and Sue O'Connell. And today we have a guest, Evan Falchuk, who ran for Massachusetts governor in 2014 and is a founder of the state's United Independent Party. Thanks for joining us, Evan. Glad to be here. And today we're going to be talking about the role that third parties play in Massachusetts politics. On the ballot this year are the Green Rainbow Party, the Libertarian Party, and the Workers Party. And just a quick explainer on those, the Green Rainbow Party is the Massachusetts affiliate of the Green Party of the U.S. Uh, for people, peace, and the planet. The Libertarian Party focuses on a free market economy, civil liberties, and personal freedom. And the Workers' Party of Massachusetts is a political organization of and for the working class. Now, Evan, can you just talk to us a little bit about whether any third parties have ever made some big waves in Massachusetts politics? I mean, I, I would say so back in 2014, uh, because, you know, I ran for governor as a as an independent to, uh, for the purpose of building the United Independent Party. And, um, you know, I got enough votes to to create an official political party. And we can talk a little bit about how hard that is. Uh, and we we ran some candidates in the following couple of years and registered a lot of voters. Uh, but the way the rules work, it makes it almost impossible to for third parties to gain any headway. And uh, I ended up in 2016 after the uh, the results of the 2016 election saying that I thought the third parties were actually dangerous um, because they can impact the outcome of elections in ways that we don't like. Um, and, in, and in some ways, they're a dead end. Um, and so it was, it was a very interesting learning experience and, and uh, something I'm certainly glad to share with as many people as I can. When you see guys like Andrew Yang out there trying to do the same thing, you say, geez, you know, I've been through this 10 years ago. You know, let's talk honestly about what this is really about. Evan, can you talk about what the challenge there's like a, there's a roadblock that happens that blocked you? I mean, you you probably have had the most success launching a third party uh, in this region. And after success, there's an automatic roadblock that you had. And if I recall correctly, due to the presidential election, can you explain what that roadblock yeah. is that that kind of made you say it's the the fix is in there's not much we can do here it's it's a um it's an extensive and hard process to build a political party so i started that journey back in 2013. um you had to have someone run for statewide office and get at least three percent of the vote in a statewide election which i did mm -hmm. but that's not enough once you do that you then have to register at least one percent of voters to join your political party or else it disappears from existence. And the problem was that, um, you know, you talk to voters and voters say all the time, I really would love there to be an independent political party. But when you say to them, listen, but in order to for there, it to exist, you have to join it. Voters say, well, I don't want to join a party. I just want there to be unaffiliated candidates. And when you explain to them that there's there are differential fundraising rules, there are different access to the ballot rules that make it really hard for third parties for independent candidates to actually win elections you know you're i'm a business person and i've sold lots of things pretty successfully if you have to explain to someone why it's beneficial to them to buy your product you've got you've got a bit of a problem and that was what we ran into and um you know it's it's set up that way not just here in massachusetts it's it's all across the country and there's a reason why you see huge numbers of voters saying they want a third party or they want more independent candidates but the way the rules are structured in our country it, it hugely um 
benefits and protects the existing two political parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. And Evan, will you touch on your motivation for just a second? I mean, I can't tell you how many people I talk to day to day who say you've got the right fringy people over here, the left fringy people over here, they're running the show and 90% of everyone else is in here. Right wanting something it's it's really frustrating for people that there's yeah. um that that's the way it operates i don't know if that was your motivation I, it was my motivation and but again the states back to 2012 where some of those you know what we think of now as being extremes were really kind of quaint i mean it was really you know it wasn't like one side said geez i don't think democracy is a good idea um you know that wasn't the the story but it was enough that voters said i, I don't feel that you know like there was a connection for me. And as a business person, I said, that's an opportunity, right? If the if the market isn't delivering what people want, let's deliver it for them. And the roadblocks that I just talked about get in the way. So what we what we have, and part of the problem is that we have a small population of very active political people who control the levers of voting in the different in the two political parties. And in order to win a primary in one of those political parties, you've got to say and do the things that make that small group of people happy. Um, so, for example, if in Massachusetts, you would think that someone like Charlie Baker, who's very popular and has done a good job, could do really well in a Republican primary. But I'm pretty sure that the reason one of the reasons that he decided not to run again is that he didn't think he could win a Republican primary. And I think that's I think that's right. Um, you know, people like Jeff Deal, who's who's a, a, a Trumper, uh, and and has all the beliefs that go along with that. You would think that that doesn't fly in Massachusetts, but it it does fly within the Republican Party. So the, it's it's a it's a structural problem. You know, I, I got involved and, and led the effort to try to get ranked choice voting here in Massachusetts, which would empower independent voices because it would not make it such a binary choice and make that huge swath of voters much more important than they are today. Um, but it's it's an uphill battle to do political reform, and and it, it takes time. Um, part of the challenge we have today is that there's a lot of destructive stuff happening in politics, and so do we really have the time to do the structural reform? We sort of have to, you know, do what we can to muddle through and and keep fighting. Evan, you said that through your experience, you realized that third parties are actually dangerous. Why is that? In the 2016 election, um, the difference between Trump and Clinton in some key swing states like Michigan and Wisconsin and other places was smaller than the number of votes that went to Gary Johnson, the Libertarian, and to the um, to the Green Party candidate. And that tells me those voters would have otherwise voted for either Clinton or, or Trump. Um, and I think, and certainly for the Green Party candidate they would have probably gone for Clinton. So we we had the result of that election mean uh, of four years of, of Trump and, and the various things that have happened since then. Uh, I think that's bad. You know, I, I don't think that reflects what most voters want um, in terms of the policy things that have taken place and, and the, the kind of destructive uh, actions that have been taken. But, you know, you could look at that in any election and say, Hey, you know, if if only four, five, six percent of voters are going to vote for a third party candidate, those votes would have gone to one of the other candidates, and it it skews the system to to um, to have third parties running under those circumstances. So, do you think third parties shouldn't be allowed at all? Well, we're pretty close to that today, right? That they're not allowed. I mean, yeah, the system is set up. It's sort of the, yeah, it's sort of the way it is, and, and of course they should be allowed. Of course, you know, but I but I think voters 
need to recognize why they don't have the kind of importance that they that they should have given everything that Allison pointed out. You know, voters want there to be other choices. Voters are not affiliated with the parties. In Massachusetts, it's a growing majority of voters that are, we call unenrolled. They're unaffiliated with either party. Um, you know, that's not right. And that's not reflective of democracy. And in a, in a country, we have choices for everything. You know, we, we just had Halloween, right? I mean, how many different kinds of candies are there? Even, <laughs> even you know, Snickers, you got the regular size, you got the fun size. And then someone showed me today, they've got these little bite-sized Snickers, yeah. which I think is an outrage. But, um, but even, <laughs> you know, we have- another campaign coming. <laughs> it's, it's coming. But I, but I think that it's, our politics is the one place where we don't get choices. And it's, it's not because people don't want it. It's because there's a system set up to prevent it. And Barry, you know, at the same time, um, we didn't start the country with Democrats and Republicans, right? You know, the country was actually founded with the idea that there wouldn't necessarily be political parties. And a lot of the way our electoral process, the electoral college is set up, um, part of it is the idea that it would um, have a, a, a horizontal um, net over citizens who could vote, right? And then I don't think we got very pa far past the ratification of the constitution where, uh, the founders decided or the political players decided we needed parties to fix the problem of political division and we had the federalists and the anti-federalists and as soon as that happened um, the idea of the founders having this flat equal access you know white men who owned land at the time but you know the aspirational part of it changed into pillars of of groups and, um, you know, we had the Federalists, the Anti-Federalists, we've had the Whigs, the Republican Party, the Democrats, you know, so that's not to say, I think, that at some point in the future, one of these parties might go away and be replaced. Like, you could make the argument that the Republicans are in deep trouble as a party, uh, and someone could lead, uh, like a Mary Cheney could lead a new Republican Party that might replace the existing Republican Party. But I think at the end of the day, we're still going to have two parties. And that is what what the challenge is when it comes to um, meeting the massive number of unaffiliated voters who are here in Massachusetts uh, and in other states who, as to Evan's point, don't want to be part of a party, but they want to have uh, choices. And also to another one of Evan's passions, you know, this is where you can talk about ranked choice voting open primaries, look at places like Alaska and Maine that are doing things to try and get rid of the shackles of these parties that lock you into what you have to do and giving voters more choice. Yeah, I, can I, one thing I want to add to that is that, you know, uh, parties aren't, they're not bad in and of themselves. I mean, it's people getting together and organizing to advocate for policy change. And um, that's a wonderful thing. It's just that they've captured the regulatory apparatus and made it so that people can't compete with them. So you end up with don't have new ideas. You don't have people that are represented with a large swath of voters. And, and Alaska is a really interesting example because, you know, you have someone like Sarah Palin, who um, is popular among Republicans, but apparently not so popular among just generally among Alaskans. And when you have a system like ranked choice voting, it allows that preference to be reflected in the in the way the elections turn out. It looks like there's a, there's a Democratic candidate who may end up winning with a majority of voter support. And that's really what this should be about, is how do we make sure that elected officials represent the majority of, of the voters uh, and not just the, the, the faction that, that, that sent them there?
Nelson, I don't know if this happens to you, but you know, when when I'm we're you know out doing holiday stuff or out with our families, and someone will complain about the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, and you explain to them that it's not a government arm, it's not an arm of the agency, they are, you know, basically private institutions that decide how their party, both statewide and nationally, is going to be run, and we as citizens have no right actually to tell the state GOP or the state Democratic Party or the DNC or the RNC what to do. People are shocked by that. Do you do you have that experience? Yeah, no, absolutely. But you know, all of this flies under the radar in a, right. in a normal election cycle like this one, for example, the governor's race. You've got Kevin Reed, a libertarian African American businessman, running. In our latest poll, it shows he got about four percent. Well, the gap between Maura Healy and Jeff Deal is right. twenty five, twenty seven. It's not going to make any bit of difference. And I, you know, no one knows who Kevin Reed is or what his role is in all this. Now, if it was a different type of election, this was very close. For example, the Charlie Baker, Deval Patrick, Tim Cahill year. Tim Cahill was running as an independent and was starting. He wasn't no one was really thinking he was going to win the race, but he was someone who could have pulled voters from either the you know Republicans to really affect the outcome of the race. And so then there's this burst of, oh, the independent candidate, it's a spoiler, it's a nuisance, and that's all you think of about a third party, and it gives them a bad name in general. I mean, to Evan's obvious point that, you know, it's dangerous. and um, But, you know, this year, these third party candidates really have no influence on the state at all, I would say, in terms of yeah. the election. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, in my in my race, it was you know the difference between Baker and and Coakley was less than the number of votes that that I earned, and you know you, you could game it out. How would the how would the race have been if I wasn't in it? I you know we don't know, but I but I do know that those voters that voted for me um, and those that were considering it. I mean, we had a lot of support all around the state. Their preferences just aren't reflected in in our in our government, unless it's by coincidence. You know, if if it so happens, I got about. Um, more, a little more than 80,000 votes. And so, what percentage was that? It was almost 4%. Okay. I yeah. mean, that definitely yeah. could make a difference. It could make a difference, you know, and, and so, okay. And it's, and it's great that those folks voted for me and I'm enormously grateful. And we did a lot of work because I, I was nobody, I'm a business person and we were able to build a, a really good statewide organization that did this, but we tapped into something that voters were we're feeling, which is I want to be represented. But Mary, again, I, be I would I would push back a little bit too on on um, Evan about where the votes go. You know, I, I could make an argument that there are some people who vote for third parties who wouldn't vote for Democrats or Republicans. That's part of the reason why they're in a third party. That you know, a Green Party candidate might find more Healy way too conservative for them to vote for and may not participate at all in the election if they didn't have a candidate. But again, then I would default to if we had open primaries and ranked choice voting, they might be more invested because they could have a better choice of candidates to vote for. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, ranked choice, there's a reason that it's, there. there there's a lot of folks in the institutional political parties that don't like ranked choice voting because it yeah. undermines the power that they have. Um, but it's a, it's a really great reform. And, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to bring it back again to Massachusetts at some point. Great. Well, I th unfortunately, we're on uh, Sue and Allison, if you have any final questions other than that, we're, we're running out of time here. So I want to 
wrap up unless you guys had anything else you wanted to add. Well, I'm wondering if Evan, what do you think about politics in your future as someone who, you know, really got into it and lived it for a couple of years? You know, it sounds like you came out the other end a little on the cynical side there, but um, for good reason. But where are you today? Would you ever do it yeah. again? Well, maybe. I mean, I, I don't I would describe myself as cynical. I just think I've got a, a realistic view of what it is that's happening. Good point. And, it's, and job I, training. <laughs> it's on the job training. And I think that it's really important for people to not lose hope and, and really kind of keep the faith. The fact that democracy matters, that your vote matters, that even if it's a race where there's a 27 point difference between the two candidates, you still I, I went and early voted yesterday and it's it's a it feels good to do and, and it's a really important part of what our what our future is so the next number of years we'll see what i where i end up in that equation i know that i will vote i will continue to be involved in different organizations to try to support democracy and and representative government and i think uh, i encourage everybody to continue to, to keep the faith awesome well it's been great having you on evan thank you so much for joining us today and we'll we'll be back to talk about the more about more developments around the election later this week